Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless. This is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada. A north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Canseyone Tequila. Ultra smooth, Arizona owned. Behind the mask, whether you're on ice or in line, we are the Valley's headquarters for all of your hockey needs. By M Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized koozies and shower shoes at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is a part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Rob Rothbarb. All right, welcome in, hockey fans, anywhere that you may be joining us tonight, live on the Podbean app. This is indeed college uh, professional hockey Southwest Weekly. It's Monday night. Uh, Scott Strandy with you after a 13-hour drive to Denver, Colorado tonight. Uh, parked uh, just outside of uh, the University of Denver. And uh, my co-host, as always, Rob Rothfarb, joining me from beautiful Southern California. Rob, I can, I can beat you on temperature tonight, I bet. Uh, <laughs> and also weather, because we had thunder <clears throat> and lightning today. Wow. I have bright sunshine until it got dark here at sunset, but uh, 77 degrees and beautiful in Denver, Colorado tonight. Yeah, it's only it's only 70 degrees here and. Uh, it was thundering so hard that it actually shook the house. Wow. That, uh, that doesn't sound like any fun at all, uh, <laughs> but it's not Southern really, California, not right? Really, especially <laughs> I'm trying to get work done. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Did you get a lot of rain too then or not? Or just, uh, thunder and yeah. lightning? Uh, you know, it poured for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, maybe a half hour and now it's gone. And that was it. <laughs> welcome to the welcome to the desert southwest and the Pacific coast. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, hockey season is upon us, Rob. We've had a week of uh, preseason games for the NHL. Now we've got uh, preseason games starting up for uh, the AHL, and camps open today. I will be uh, swinging by the Colorado camp, and then I'll be catching uh, Colorado and. San Jose in a exhibition game on Sunday before I head back to uh, Vegas and catch a Henderson Tucson exhibition on Monday night. And then lo and behold, the 12th Seattle Kraken come to Vegas to take on the Vegas Golden Knights in the start of the NHL season. So we got a bunch of stuff to talk about, but I think tonight we should focus on the AHL because uh, uh, it's time they get their due, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of excitement around the camps. Uh, like you said, uh, I know the rain, they opened their camp actually on Sunday uh, and they had practices today. They'll have practices tomorrow, which I'm going to actually try to swing by if I could uh, get a hold of 
uh, the media person and get some credentials if you don't have already. Uh, but there's also uh, going to be rain versus the gulls uh, in uh, Anaheim. So I'm going to try to make my way out there uh, as well. I think that might be Thursday. Uh, very nice. Yeah, there's lots of uh, stuff going on. Things are ramping up as uh, we see the teams bringing in their rosters. I noticed one thing that I hadn't seen before on the uh, roster um, at Henderson, and that's uh, a former Sun Devil. Tyler Bush was listed on their uh, training camp um, roster, so that's kind of cool. Anytime you can see a Sun Devil uh, get a shot at an AHL team. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I was looking at the Sharks, uh, I mean the Barracuda, excuse me, the Barracuda roster, and there's two, as you know. Uh, we're hoping to only see one. Uh, we're hoping one would be up with the big club. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, you're talking about the Pashnik brothers, Steen and uh, and Brinson. And Brinson's had some health issues. Uh, I understand he's back now, but he lost like 14 pounds uh, over the, uh, the uh, summertime, and they finally got it diagnosed and figured out what it was. I can't tell you for sure what it is. And, and quite frankly, Rob, I don't even want to say it because, um, it, you know, until I have until I have approval from them, I just hate going on. I know that uh, some things were announced uh, through the uh, Barracuda or through reporters of the Barracuda. Shang Peng, I know, announced something. But you know what? Uh, they're too good of friends for, uh, for me to speculate on anything. So until they're ready to talk about it, I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, no, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with that uh, because there's no reason to, uh, and and I don't mean it in any disrespect, but spread any any what could be false rumors. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you look what happened with Patrick Kane, and uh, not Patrick Kane, uh, Vander Kane, and all that was said, and you know, it's starting to come to light that it might not be so true. Uh, all these allegations. So you know. It's it's too early to report, and unless they want to come forward with it, it's a it's a uh, medical issue. It's you know you have the HIPAA violations and the HIPAA laws, you know, give them give them their privacy. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I think that's the correct way to do it. But anyway, Brinson is uh, feeling better. I think he did actually play in a game. What Steen told me anyways, he played in a game I believe for the uh, Sharks the other night. So um, hopefully he gets uh, back to good health and gets back on that. Uh, NHL roster, but okay. So, so here's where we're going to start. Um, the Pacific division this year, we took on the entire um, Pacific division because I couldn't narrow it down. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I, started down? Look, I started looking at these. I'm going like, well, you know, Colorado's uh, NHL team is, is in the central, but their, their AHL team is in the Pacific. So there you go. Same with Arizona. Their coyotes are in the central now, but the Roadrunners are in the Pacific. So, you got to go down the list. So I don't know uh, that we can do 100% coverage on all of these teams, but that's not what we do anyway. We do feature stuff. So um, I, I think it's cool that we have it all, every, everybody from Abbotsford all the way to Tucson. And, of course, next year we add Palm Springs, assuming that building gets built, which I think has got some work to do, right? Uh, you know, I have not been out to Palm Springs, and I need to take a trip out there uh, just to check to see if there's any difference in the site from uh when i last was there uh over the summer uh but i haven't heard anything all i see is on on the site is you know they, they have it in asterisks that it's going to be entering play in 22 23 uh but other than that you know you don't hear anything about the building being built 
You know, I heard speculation that it was a materials problem is what was holding things up. But, man, you know, you and I were there, what, April, May? May, I guess. And uh, it, they had the groundbreaking, and it's pretty much stayed that way, I think, all summer. So um, I, I think it's safe to say you're going to need 18 to 24 months to build a building. Uh, so that's start to finish. And, you know, we're seeing ASUs go up uh, ahead of schedule, but that's still going to be 18 months. Um, so – you know, it, it's a tough task, and I don't know what the alternative plan is for Palm Springs. Do they just, uh, does Seattle just keep their their group out east, uh, or do they try to bring them back? Is there anywhere else to play in Palm Springs? I don't know. Yeah, that's hmm, that would be uh, an interesting thing, unless they use the the Irvine uh, place, you know, where the uh, great the great rinks or whatever they call it, the great rinks of Irvine or whatever. Uh, yeah, great park. Yeah, great great park. park. Yep. Uh, they could play. They could play there. They, you know, there's enough sheets there uh, that they could play there. You know, with San yeah, that, Diego that, being back down in San Diego, it, it probably opens that up a little bit. Yeah, it certainly might. That's uh, that's interesting. We'll have to do some digging into that because I know that that rink can't be ready uh, by the start of next season. But no. um, who knows? And then on rinks that will be uh, done early is the uh, Dollar Loan Center in Henderson where uh, actually the uh, Silver Knights have said they're actually going to play games there in April. So um, lots of stuff going on in the HL. And that's off the ice. But on the ice, Rob, man, some of these rosters are looking pretty impressive for, for training camps and for an AHL team. And you and I have talked about this for a long time, that uh, the AHL is going to be a really good value if you want to get a good ticket price and go see some potential NHL, not potential, they will be NHLers in in a couple of years or so, get out and watch AHL hockey, correct? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I am looking forward to uh, covering the Southern California ones really close. I mean, uh, Bakersfield is going to be tough. Uh, Stockton's, you know, they've got a team that has some good experience. You know, the rain, I mean, to see Turcotte and uh, – Kapari, I mean, there's, there's going to be. I mean, I was listening to uh, to the head coach Woodcroft talked, and he was just so excited about the talent that he has in front of him. Yeah, I totally agree. And of course, Bakersfield, the defending champions of the Pacific Division in the craziest year ever of a pandemic that Pacific actually played uh, playoffs, but they get started on the 16th of, of October. Uh, and they'll play Abbotsford, which is really cool because Abbotsford being the newest uh, team in the uh, Pacific Division and really in the AHL, I believe. So that'll be interesting. Um, and like I said, there's so many things going on right now with, with different teams. But where do you want to start? you want to start with uh, a couple of your teams and we'll do some of your uh, Southern California stuff and then we'll jump back and forth? How do you want to do it? Well, why don't we? Since we were just on Bakersfield, let's let's talk a little bit about Bakersfield. Since I already Aaron men, mentioning his the head coach for uh, for the Bakersfield Condors, uh, I was watching I was watching a video of, of uh, after their first or second practice. Uh, I think it was their first practice after today's practice. And some of the things that he was talking about is that he has to uh, build a, uh, playing with the personalities that he's given. Uh, and really, really work with the personalities and make them one. Make uh, make them synergistic. Uh, they but there was good energy. Uh, Brad Malone has talked talked about being a community and how work ethic will go a long way. And then Luca Exposito talked about good chemistry in the practices so far. 
And uh, for those wondering, Brad Malone is the same Brad Malone that played at the University of North Dakota many moons ago. Uh, <laughs> when you when you see Brad, he he looks like he's still in his twenties, but let me tell you, he's a little past that age. But man, what a veteran he is to lead a bunch of youngsters in uh, in Bakersfield, and he was a big big part as to why they uh, they were able to um, advance and get uh, the uh, actual Pacific Division Championship last year. Or so. Bakersfield is is nothing to sneeze at. They're going to be a very good team. Um, And, of course, uh, we'll look forward to seeing them battle against everybody. Uh, I'll jump over to Colorado Eagles. Um, When you look at the Eagles and what they've done, uh, this is really crazy because they've turned that roster over, a lot like Henderson has, a lot like other teams have. But um, the thing with with Colorado is there's – how do I say this? The Avalanche are so good – that they don't really have a lot of uh, a lot of depth, if you will, on their roster. At least that's what I see to this point. I'll maybe have a different opinion when I when I get out to see them up in Loveland here in a couple of days. But but their their roster is uh, is different. It's uh, it's got some solid players. It's got some guys that have been back. I mean, uh, guys like Ryan Wagner and Shane Bowers up in the forward position. Jason Megna, of course. Uh, and Callahan Burke, some of the names that you'll uh, hear quite frequently. Uh, when you talk about defense, you got uh, Keaton Middleton, who's the mainstay, Justin Barron, another mainstay, and Nate Clerman is back as another mainstay. And uh, I'm partial, of course, to the uh, Eagles goaltenders because Hunter Miska still on that roster, a former Bulldog, and uh, <laughs> a person that I've had a chance to visit with several times. So um, Trent Miner had a lot of uh, a good – Good games last year with them as well. So um, look for Colorado to uh, to get off to a fast start and to be very steady because that's the whole organizational philosophy from the avalanche on down. Well, it's always about synergy and, and creating a system. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, I was listening to some video uh, with the Kings head coach, uh, John Robolowski, and he was talking about how he has to use the parts that he's given, but keep the same type of system. So everybody's learning the same system. So it, it's difficult sometimes with the pieces that you give him to actually play this exact type of system. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Who do you want to jump to next? Well, I'll, tell you, I'll jump to Ontario since we're talking about the Kings. Uh, Cause you know what? Uh, some, some rosters aren't complete. Like even like the goals roster, they only have five uh, forwards listed. I think, or five guys total listed on the roster right now because they're playing the games right now. Uh, so they're using their AHL roster right now. So they, they haven't set that uh, just yet, but they will be playing the uh, rain in two games. The Thursday game is actually a- in Ontario. And then following Monday, I may be doing the uh, podcast a little early because the goals in the rain will be playing at the Honda Center. Well, that'll work out well because I will be at Henderson that night for Tucson and Henderson. <laughs> well, that will work out really well. Uh, but some things that John Robolowski was talking about was keys to the camp were uh, mentally sharp versus physically sharp. Uh, and th- he was just saying that mentally sharp they should be because most of these guys know the system already. It's just are they in physical shape? Are they in the right shape right now? Uh, and wrapping their heads out being a professional because there are some guys on the roster – i.e. Turcotte and 
uh, Kupari and Madden and Kuliev and Burke. And I could go down the roster that thought they should be on the major league roster and not probably not too happy about the, being down with the Ontario rain. So he was talking about getting the, some of the, he didn't mention names, but you could tell who they are about being a professional and working their way back up to the big club because they're learning how to be a professional uh, plays a unit plays one as much coaches talk about uh, and it's a blueprint of what Kings did and it's a pared down uh, version their system that they're running is a pared down version of due to the talent that they have uh, of the Kings roster so versus Kings roster versus the rain roster so uh, like I said similar systems run by the major league club and the minor league club uh, but just some names on there that you might have been surprised about uh, going into training camp. Yeah, and I think that's a common theme, uh, more so now than ever. I, I think in the past, Rob, AHL teams used to kind of have their own thing, do their own thing. Yeah, they were a, a feeder club, but they weren't quite as tied into uh, their parent club as they are now. And you see that uh, all over, like Henderson and and uh, Vegas, and you see Tucson and Arizona, and, of course, the rain and the Kings and the Ducks and the Gulls, uh, their, their cr- close proximity is allows their coaches and scouts from the NHL club to also have a hand in the AHL club, at least to start things off. Once the season gets going, it's a little bit more difficult, but that's, uh, that's something to keep an eye on because uh, if the parent club is, is doing well, uh, you can almost expect to see the AHL club doing fairly well basically running the same systems. Well, it's running the same system. Also, if the parent club is healthy and doing well, the AHL team is not being uh, maneuvered left and right with guys going being called up and dropped and whatnot. Uh, so I just think that uh, the proximity p- plays a big role. I mean, the Kings in the rain practice in the same facility. So when, they, so when the rain are, are done practicing, some Kings may be working uh, extra. As soon as the Kings are done, the rain are going on, you know, a couple hours after. So they're seeing each other. They're knowing each other. So the, the big club could help the, the, the younger club and of what it takes to be a professional, like I talked about, and what it takes to get to uh, the NHL and stay there. Yeah, I mean, and that's critical. And then you, you talk about uh, injuries. If there's injuries at the big club, uh, that, that AHL team is so close. Uh, mm-hmm. in, virtually in the same building, as you said, where you can get one of them up um, without having to travel across the country. I know for years the Coyotes had a uh, AHL franchise that was on the far east coast, I think Maine or New Hampshire or somewhere up there, and uh, getting it was a whole day travel just to get somebody down to play. So that that's made a huge difference. Uh, the same thing going on in Henderson, same thing in San Jose with the Barracuda and the Sharks being in the same building, but. Okay, let's uh, let's jump over to the Henderson Silver Knights. They announced their roster um, a couple days ago, and they started camp today with 26 participants. Um, interesting that uh, after all was said and done, they had 18 members of the 2020-2021 Henderson team back for 2021 training camp, which is a mouthful. But <laughs> so. So Henderson, um, pretty well loaded again. Uh, it, it starts in goal. Dylan Ferguson and uh, Yuri Patera uh, going to anchor in the goaltending spots, assuming that uh, Ferguson doesn't get the call up. Um, he would be next in line, I believe, uh, if anything should happen to uh, anybody on the, the uh, Golden Knights um, roster. Uh, defenseman Peter DeLibatore, we saw 
or I saw, uh, get a whole bunch of time at the uh, the uh, rookie tournament. I, 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 you know, he just stood out as to how much playing time he got. So clearly, they wanted a good look at him. Zach Kays, Caden Korzak coming back. Of course, they're uh, their mainstays. And when you look at their forwards, uh, they lost a few guys, but they still got uh, stable. Reed Duke, Jack Dugan, um, Pavel Dorofeyev, uh, Lucas Alvarez, and as I said, Paul Cotter is back. And then Tyler Bush makes an appearance on there. I know he was set to play with the Cincinnati Bearcats of the ECHL uh, before the pandemic hit. And it's interesting. I, I would love to get the story as to how he ended up in, in Henderson, but Good for Tyler. I hope he has a, a really good camp. He's been working out with the Sun Devils for about the last month or so, I think, and uh, looks ready to go. Looks big, strong, healthy, and ready to make a run. So good for him. Well, it's, like I said, it's always good to see former Sun Devils get opportunities. Uh, it's not. It's something that was never even thought of ten years ago. Uh, you know, five years before the the uh, this is the sixth year of the program. Uh, before it was even thought about. And, you know, so it's great. I mean, you hear it in the NFL, uh, MLB, you hear it in NBA now with a couple of Sun Devils making it in. Uh, but, you, you know, hockey, that's one of those things you never thought you'd be able to. And now that you can say it, and it's starting to be a kind of a regular basis a little bit. So it's kind of nice. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do this, Rob. Let's take a quick break. Let's uh, let's come back and let's uh, head into the other teams that we haven't gotten to yet. So uh, we'll come back and we'll jump into uh, – what do you want, the Gulls next? Uh, well, see, the, the problem with the Gulls is there's really not much to talk about, like I said, <laughs> because they only have five guys listed on their roster because the other guys right now are in uh, – they're playing right now. They're still I playing with playing, the- I think they're playing San Jose tonight. Okay. Well, we'll come back and we'll dig into it and uh, we'll get a little chatter going here in about three minutes. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. 
stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Yes, it is. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Las Vegas Hotel Resort Casino, right on beautiful downtown Las Vegas, right off Fremont Street, and just down the street from that beautiful new palace called the Circa. If you have not been to either one of those, get there, check them out and uh, tell Nice Time Hockey Southwest sent you. Scott Strandy with you tonight, uh, live from Denver, Colorado, uh, as I prepare for a week of Denver stories uh, for the website and different things. And uh, my co-host, as always, Rob Rothfarb, joining me from beautiful Southern California, where it wasn't quite so beautiful tonight. No, it wasn't. We had a little We had a little rain. It was kind of nice. It scared my kitties, but... Uh... You know, we got a couple cute pictures of them snuggling. <laughs> How many of those kitties you got now? I have three young kittens that are, uh, I don't know, a few months old now, and then one older the one picture. that's thirteen. Huh? I've seen the I've seen the pictures, and I can never tell if there's more than three or just three. But man, you know, they are per, they have personalities. <laughs> uh, they they do it. They're actually hysterical. Uh, if I can't, I'm interested to see when I start watching hockey. Because when I watch baseball and stuff on the computer, they really get zoned in on the computer. They get locked in. So I'm curious if they're going to do the same thing and try to hit the puck. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be classic? <laughs> get a video if they do that. <laughs> I okay, so will. We'll put it on the website. <laughs> uh, so we talked about the San Diego Gulls and the fact that they are the AHL affiliate, of course, of the Anaheim Ducks. And we know that Anaheim Ducks uh, roster is um, is. is filled with talented young players. And I'm guessing that's why they haven't made a, an announcement yet on their uh, their training camp and, and that, because there's a lot of those guys that are right on the edge. And you know who I'm talking about, right? I'm talking well, about guys. Go, no, ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say a couple of guys came in that really um, opened eyes at camp. Uh, Jamie Drysdale, of course, last year got some playing time with the Ducks and the Gulls. Um, who am I thinking about? I'm missing a player that, um, how can I forget? Uh, yeah. Trevor Zegras, Trevor oh, Zegras. How can I forget Trevor? Um, <laughs> also Alex Limoges is, uh, is playing really, really well and played good for them last year. Um, and Sasha, Sasha Pastjevov, who came over with a draft pick this year, played with the U S uh, NTDP. Um, the national team development program and uh, was fantastic. I saw him playing the under 18s was very, very good there. And in the rookie tournament, his first game as a, uh, as a gull or as a duck, I should say at the uh, rookie tournament scored a hat trick. So um, that's not, that's not all bad. Not a bad way to start your uh, career. Well, and speaking of the ducks, they're, they're actually up one, nothing on the sharks right now. And 
uh, Mason McTavish uh, with the goal. So there's oh, one more, one more stud. That well, kid well, played well, that's, great that's for why, Canada. That's why I wanted to see if he was, you know, who scored it because they have so many tough decisions. I mean, you you would have thought that the Kings would have waited a little bit longer before setting their roster. The Ducks seem like they really want these guys to prove and really, I guess, play themselves out of a position uh, on the big team more than plays in, it seems. Yeah, I think I think you know they're they're a lot like the uh, the Arizona Coyotes and of course the, their their AHL affiliate, the Tucson Roadrunners, because they have um, um, such a young roster that it, it's a tough decision. Do you do you play some of them? Do you uh, do you send them back to the junior teams if they can go there, or, or what do you do with them? Because um, some of them are too talented almost to send back, but yet, like we saw the uh, the Arizona Coyotes do with uh, their first round pick Dylan Gunther who was fantastic in camp, uh, and they sent him back to juniors for another year of seasoning because they just didn't want him to uh, – I think, Rob, the, the whole deal was they just didn't want him to get accustomed to losing, and, and that could be a lot of things for the Coyotes this year, just being so young. Um, so I think maybe they sent him back, get another year of seasoning, get a little stronger, and then come back when he can uh, maybe be the, the guy that puts him over the top. Well, uh, absolutely, absolutely. And we, we were talking about – uh, the decisions that need to be made for the Ducks and uh, with the goals. I mean, I'm looking at the roster right now for the for the Ducks, and there's it seems like there's 70 guys on this roster. It looks like an NFL roster, and it's because <laughs> they're still trying to decide who you know are they gonna are they gonna keep uh, three goalies on the roster? Or are they gonna send three down? You know, wh- what are they gonna do with the goaltending situation? Uh, I mean, you would think that it's uh, Dostal and Solars. Uh, with Gibson and, you know, of those three, who do you send down if you don't keep all three on the major league roster? Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be really, really interesting. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at the, the Tucson Roadrunners now because they also open camp today. And uh, just some of the players that you'll notice in there, uh, they, they did a great job on their website of just highlighting some of the guys that have been back uh, that will be familiar, of course, to a lot of people. But Blake Spears, uh, Hudson Fashing, uh, Cameron Hebig and uh, Ben McCartney. Ben McCartney had a really good camp as well. Um, all of them have played some before. And Matthias Maselli, uh, who played uh, was a 2019 entry draft um, selection by the Coyotes, played really well. I thought uh, with the uh, the big club in training camp too. And of course, uh, Liam Kirk, the uh, the great British, great Britain star that uh, led led the uh, world junior or world juniors world championships in scoring uh was selected by the coyotes coyotes in 2018 not as impressive as a camp as people thought and he will start at least down in uh in tucson defensively they've got ty emerson another uh, uh ncaa product from notre dame dyson mayo who spent some time in tucson cam crotty who's been very good cam Deneen also very good so it'll be interesting to see how they uh, develop as well. And then here's going to be the catch. Uh, the goaltenders that they have listed are just uh, David Tendick, who has been there uh, for a little while now in the system, and Hayden Levine, um, who has been there, uh, I think, one year. So it's going to be interesting to see how the uh, the Tucson Roadrunners fare. Because last year, if you remember, Rob, they um, – they had so many guys that were moved up to the to the NHL roster that uh, they really couldn't get any consistency uh, or traction 
to make a run at uh, a solid solid playoff run, even in a pandemic year. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can keep some sort of consistency. It's tough to do when your your parent club is taking your players all the time. Well, and honestly, I see the same thing happening this year. Uh, if any of you guys get hot, they're going to get they're traded, you know, at the trade deadline, you know, especially if they're an old, a little bit older veteran guy that can help a playoff team. Uh, they're going to be calling up guys, I think, all through the year with with hopes that guys will stick and they could just, you know, be on entry-level contracts for just about the whole team. I just see that happening with the Coyotes right now. And, uh, you know, it's not one of those situations you really wanted with your AHL club. Yeah, and, you know, the thing with the Coyotes, I was expecting to see, oh, my goodness, I thought they were just going to get run out of the barn all the time. And it's only been preseason. I get it. But uh, I was out last Monday to uh, to watch the Coyotes and Kings play, and I thought there were a couple of guys, a couple of veterans. Louis Erickson looked pretty good, I thought. I thought uh, Shane Gostaspear looked um, rejuvenated and very solid. Uh, so so the, the Coyotes may not be as bad as people think, but let's face it, they're, the, the other seven teams in the Central Division are juggernauts. <laughs> that is a tough move for a young team trying to rebuild. Yeah, that's not that's not a good division for a young team uh, because there's there's a lot of heavyweights. You know, you're playing against the Blues, you you're playing against uh, Nashville, and th- those were, were those are teams you're closer to uh, than the teams at the top of the division. I think the Blackhawks are going to have a great year that this year. Uh, I think that uh, it's just going to be really tough sledding. I think I mean the Avalanche uh, in that division. You know, Minnesota, Chicago, Minnesota. Winnipeg, St. Yeah. Louis. <laughs> Dallas, well, like a, stop yeah, me was, when you find was, a team they can beat. <laughs> well, that's what I was saying. That's why I named St. Louis uh, and Nashville first because those are the closest ones to them. Yeah, it, yeah, and well, Colorado and Dallas, but um, no, 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 I'm not talking about. Oh, you mean talent? Oh, you're talking talent wise. Oh, yeah, talent-wise. and that's who you came up with was Nashville and St. Louis. <laughs> and like I said, all seven of them uh, of their uh, division rivals are going to be. Brutally tough. Well, look, uh, uh, Nashville wasn't as good as everybody thought they would be last year, and St. Louis barely squeaked in last year. So that's what I was saying. I think Chicago would get in yeah, Florida is going to be a lot better. And, you know, then you have Minnesota, which was a better club already. Colorado was a better club already. I'm just, you know, saying that, you know, if Arizona is going to shoot for uh, teams, those are where they should start because you got to pass one or two teams before you can worry about passing six or seven. Good point. Okay. You want to try Stockton Heat, see what they got? Uh, yeah, it's funny because I was just on them. Uh, they started their practices today at Oak Park Ice Arena. Uh, one thing I learned is between Stockton and Bakersfield is Highway 99, and that is like a little rivalry <laughs> between the two teams. And uh, they have uh, the Stockton Heat. They, they have a, a veteran-laden team. And when I say veteran-laden, I don't mean guys that have been – you know, career AHL guys, but 15 guys played with the Stockton heat last season in any way, shape or form, whether it's three games, five games, you know, 30 games, but they have somewhat of continuity coming back. And then you have other guys that have played in the AHL for other teams. So you have about 25 guys that have played in the AHL before. And that, so that, that's a good starting point. The talent level, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, you know, that they're a hit or miss team, uh, Stockton is, but 
at least they know they, they're going to be tough to play against because they got a veteran grizzled team. Yeah, they, they do, and, and that'll make them very strong, as they, as they always are. Of course, last year they didn't play in the Pacific Division because of the COVID. They played their games uh, up north in Canada. Uh, so so it'll be interesting to see. Um, just looking at their schedule, it looks like they're going to get, uh, let's see, they got the uh, Bakersfield uh, game on the 10th, um, then they'll have an off day and a practice. And Is that the only preseason game that they have, Rob? Just that uh, one against Bakersfield, or is there another one that I'm missing? Oh, uh, I see it. Uh, October eighth, they're going to play Bakersfield again. Right. So they'll they'll right. host them on the tenth, and they'll play at Bakersfield on the eighth. Right. right. There's a more. They, they have a morning skate, uh, and then they will play in uh, Bakersfield at six p.m. So they'll actually go to the arena later. They won't. They won't even have their morning skate at the arena. They're going to have their morning skate at their own practice facility, and then uh, bus over to the uh, Bakersfield arena. Uh, later that night. How cool is that? Okay, let's double team the Barracuda and uh, Abbotsford. I didn't really get much into them uh, initially, okay. so let's start with Barracuda. What do you see on that roster? You know, or do you see a roster? <laughs> no, I do see a roster. I do see a roster. Uh, okay. what, again, what I see is veterans, guys that uh, names either you've heard of before or just a couple of older uh, veteran guys that that will really be. Uh, Helpful. Nick Merkley uh, is one of the better ones that will be on the roster. Uh, a, vet- a veteran, Joel Kelman, uh, has been around the AHL for uh, five or six years now. Uh, I mean, on the forwards, that their their uh, older their youngest one is is like two thousand. So they've they've got kids that have been around. Their defense, Jacob Me- Megna, Brinson Prant, uh, Pasnick. You know, they've got a little bit of uh, veteran presence on the back line. Yeah, I see that. I'm, I'm also looking because I will, uh, the, or I should say the Barracuda will play the Eagles up here in Colorado uh, Friday, I'm sorry, Saturday and Sunday. I'll be at the Saturday, uh, the Sunday game. I'm sorry. A little confused <laughs> here. Um, I'll, I'll be somewhere. <laughs> but on the 10th, uh, a 1 o'clock game here at the uh, Budweiser Events Center in Loveland. So I'm looking forward to seeing that again because Barracuda came on strong last year. And I'm interested to see if they're able to carry over any of that momentum. It's hard to do, especially coming off of a pandemic season. But uh, I think that'll be a good matchup between the Barracuda and uh, the uh, Colorado Eagles. I think that's actually going to be a good little rivalry uh, to develop between the Barracuda and the uh, Eagles because, you know, they both play similar style games. They're both big physical teams, uh, and they like to uh, hit. So and they like to shoot the puck. So I think that I think those two teams you're going to see battling out. Uh, I mean, I know you have Henderson in there as well, but I just I don't know. I just see the, a lot of similarities between uh, the Barracuda and the Eagles. Yeah, I do as well. Okay, um, so that leaves us last but not least the the new Abbotsford Canucks, the uh, AHL affiliate of the Vancouver Canucks. Abbotsford, you know, I, I've been studying up on it, Rob. They're just barely across the Canadian border uh, from Washington. Um, but they are excited to have an AHL franchise back and not only have an AHL franchise back, but have one back that's connected with the Vancouver Canucks, which, again, talking proximity here, those two are very close. Well, I mean, j- just over the border. It, uh, so, you know, the only problem is, is, is now you're dealing with, you know, customs and whatnot and, and uh, going back and forth between, 
U.S. and Canada. Might that be the only tricky part because you need uh, the passport? But um, Vancouver's probably loving the fact that now they could have their minor league team so close and they could really develop some synergy among, amongst those teams. But I'm excited to see Abbotsford. Uh, I can't wait for them to play the uh, rain and the uh, goals. You know, and the other thing that I'm really starting to like about these uh, AHL um, uh, teams is their color schemes, right? Abbotsford went with the same color scheme as the Canucks, which is really cool because uh, you, they tie themselves together. Uh, for years and years and years, it used to be um, the AHL team would have their own color scheme, whatever, and they just went with it. But now you see them starting to mix and match these colors so that they look like their parent club and they're making the transition and, and really joining the two fan bases. So I, I like that. But even the jersey, I'm looking at uh, the website now, I'm looking at the jersey, the dark jersey, and it has the shark and it has an A around, like as the fin. So, um, so it's it's yeah. like like cool? yeah. I mean, it's it is. It's actually. I mean, Vancouver's always had nice jerseys, but it looks really cool. This jersey looks really cool. Uh, so I mean, it just will get the the fans behind it because you know if they're rooting for the Vancouver Canucks and they see a, a jersey that looks like it, they're like they're gonna file, follow the minor league team as well. Okay, so that, that leads us to this nasty topic again that we have to talk about is the uh, the COVID thing. Um, I, I talked with Frank Serratore. We had him on the show, the head coach at Air Force, and he said uh, really, at least for NCAA hockey, is that the protocols change from not only city to city, but maybe even event center to event center, arena to arena. So uh, – what are your thoughts? What do you think we're going to end up? Are we going to get a full season in? Are there going to be issues again? Or are we going to be able to keep fans and buildings? I mean, so far, so good, right? Well, so far, so good. When I went to the Kings versus Kings, I had to show my vaccination card. Uh, but I just went to the Rose Bowl on Saturday night uh, for the ASU-UCLA game, which ASU won, by the way. Uh, <laughs> just matter but, of fact. Exactly. They, uh, they didn't, uh, there was no vaccination card needed or anything like that. So it could be event center by event center because some do in, uh, in, in the same county. Some have that restriction. Some don't. And I don't know if it's strictly an indoor versus outdoor thing. I think that COVID's going to rear its head again. I don't know how it's going to affect it. But I think that, that uh, teams are going to have uh, a lot, be allowed a taxi squad or something if it gets too bad. Uh, but it's just it's going to be another crazy year. Uh, of unknowns and what ifs and uh, what do we do if something happens? So it's it's not gonna it's gonna be better than last year because you can start with fans and hopefully end with fans. But at least we're starting with fans right now. I know that uh, I was looking at a couple of the teams and they don't uh, allow right now. It might have been the Stockton Heat is be one of them uh, or Bakersfield. They don't allow fans right now. Uh, in the practice facility. Uh, so I think the rain you can, I'm going to find out because I want to go tomorrow to see if the rain will allow me in. Uh, but some facilities are allowing fans, some aren't. So it will be interesting to see what COVID brings. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that selfishly I'm, I'm excited about is they are giving more and more one-on-one -on -one media credentials out where you can actually visit with players, of course, you have to wear the mask and you have to go be vaccinated and all that. But 
uh, back to the NCAA thing. Tomorrow I'm going over to Denver University, and that's the policy there that I can do one-on-one interviews but have to wear the mask and have to show my vaccination card before I can get into the building. So I'm guessing that that's the way it's going to be for a while. And you know what? I'm okay with that. If that's what it takes, I'll uh, I'll be happy to do that uh, just to be able to get some – more personable interviews. It's hard on us what we do because that's our, that's our lifeblood, right? Uh, doing the interviews and, and meeting the players up close and, and being able to find out some details about them. So um, hopefully that, that, that holds, I'm excited about it. Um, I think I didn't know how to bring this up um, on the show or whether we should talk about it on the show. So I didn't even mention it to you, but we've got a few minutes left and, and I want to get your opinion. I'm sure you've heard, uh, or seen um, the tweets of one Robin Leonard. So oh, yeah. uh, a, couple, a couple of things I think we should talk about on that is um, I'm sure everybody's heard about it, but if you haven't, he got quite aggressive um, with the NHL, the NHLPA, particular teams, particular coaches. Um, so before we dig into it, you, you've you seen them. You've heard a little bit about it. What's, yep. your, what's your gut feeling? Just what's your opinion? Well, you know, I kind of sense that he was building up to something like this. To be honest with you, I follow him on Twitter. And he, anything that talks about mental health and whatnot, uh, he was on it. He was co- uh, commenting on it. And so for him to come out, you know, I, I like how he covers all his bases, though. You know, he made sure the team that's currently employing him was not the team that was he was accusing of they're the best so you know okay (laughs) stop right there now uh because this is where i have to interject yeah i know what you're saying a little tongue-in-cheek um but but here's the thing that i'm concerned with and um you know i've covered vegas since the day that vegas was before they were even a team and one of the things that i was always impressed by in the uh, Vegas locker room and uh, how they handled themselves, especially during one October, which was just the uh, what fourth or fifth anniversary of that terrible tragedy, but all their players seemed to handle it real well. And one of the players that, that really stood out was Mark Andre Fleury. Um, We all know what happened to Mark Andre. They traded him. Um, It was an uprising in Vegas, but, but now you have Robin Leonard who they put their stake in and again, uh, nothing personal against Robin. I think he's a great goaltender, but I worry about his focus because uh, he's talked about his mental illness, and that's a tough battle in itself. But when you're focusing on trying to change the NHL and trying to help other players, um, are you really going to be locked in and focused um, to what you need to do on the ice? Well, you know, he's been dealing with this for a while, so – being locked in on the ice is not what I what concerns me. What concerns me is how he's going to be able to. Is he going to be able to play in those arenas that he that he say, that he called out? You know, when when the crowd starts getting <laughs> fans on are going to be tough. They're going to the be fans tough. Fans are going to be tough there. And I mean, I think was it Philly that he called out the most? Yeah, can you imagine I mean, that one? I mean, God, that's not that's not the arena and the fan base you really want to piss off piss off on. You know, or piss off and or piss on <laughs> in that matter. Uh, but no, that's, you know, I, you know, that's that, like I said, that's not my concern. My concern is how is he going to be taken in the locker room? You know, even though he said yeah. that Vegas is not the problem, there's still 
guys that he called out that uh, he that the team that his teammates are friends with. So he called out teams and, and organizations that that friends of the organization of his uh, are on and have to now defend and now have to answer to, you know, and now create a distraction for other teams uh, like the Islanders, like the Flyers. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of other teams of the 30 that are in the NHL that he played for. I'm sure it's almost half the teams uh, by now. But, you know, uh, you know, we already know what went on with, with another franchise. I don't want to bring it up uh, with stuff like that. And you just, you know, I don't know. He's opened up a can of worms, and that's not what you want to do with the start of the season. It's a long season. <laughs> Boy, is it ever. And You know, I mean, I think – I don't know. I just, I think if I was Golden Knights management, I'd be a little bit nervous uh, about how things are going to react because the last thing you need to do is start off distracted or slow or get your team, uh, as you mentioned, in the locker room tore apart. So uh, in all fairness tonight, I did reach out to Ken Bulky with Sinbin and asked him if he wanted to come on the show tonight to talk about it because I knew he'd be dialed in on it. Unfortunately, he was unable to because he was out of town, but uh, maybe we'll get Ken on next week and and uh, chat it up with him when I'm in Vegas because um, he he's pretty deep in that locker room and he knows uh, how things go there and I think getting his opinion would be would be really fun and uh, intriguing. Oh, I would love to get his take on it because he 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 gets inside the locker room, so he he has the uh, good pulse of the locker room. So I would love and and he's not shy. So I would really <laughs> love to get his opinion on that one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it, it'll be fun to see um, NHL coming around. I got to ask you also about the other big topic of the day, which was Jack Eichel. It's been a talk, a topic for, I don't know, six, seven months now. Um, still well, nothing did, done with it. What in the world's going on? Didn't Leonard mention Eichel in the, in the tweet? Yeah, he certainly did. <laughs> not only Eichel, but the uh, but the uh, Buffalo Sabers, and and the thing with the Sabers is they've now taken the C away from Eichel. Yep. So how in the world are you going to repair that? You, you know, they're trying to spin it that he's not healthy. He's not going to be on the ice. They want someone on the ice to have the C. You could go with all A's if you really wanted to. Uh, this is just getting uglier and uglier. Uh, the Sabres are digging their heels in the sand. Eichel Camp is digging their heels in the sand. And you know what? Until Eichel could get healthy, he's not going to be able to be a value to anybody. And that's what the Sabres know. As long as they could keep him off the operating table in any way, shape, or form, they don't have to trade him yet. And they could get max value once he proves he's healthy. Yeah, boy, boy, when's that going to be, though? I mean, they're they're messing with him this whole season. They're messing with his uh, opportunity to play in the Olympics. Uh, th there's all kinds of stuff happening here. So yeah, I, I was listening to NHL Network today, uh, or NHL Radio, because I was uh, as I was making my 13-hour drive. <laughs> when I was on the road, I heard every bit of it, but they were talking about that same type of thing. They're going like, you know, I mean – uh, the longer this goes on, the the less chance he's going to have to play this year. Now he's going to have missed last year for the most part. I mean, it was kind of hit and miss. And right. now this year, um, what, what's he going to be worth at, at 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 a trade next year at this time or in the you summertime? Know, if he could prove he's healthy, 
the Sabres think he's going to be able to get match value because he is a, he is a, a generational talent. I mean, he would be mentioned if he's healthy. He's mentioned up there with the, all the top players, the the uh, McDavid's, the Drysidles, uh, you know, Matthews. the Foxes, the McCars, you know, of the just the the superstars in the NHL. He's definitely one of those. Uh, but until he can prove he's healthy, and that's and that's the biggest thing. You're going to have teams that want to see medicals. They're going to have be digging so deep into this, and they're not going to be willing to part with anything until they know that when the product on the ice will match the return. You know, they're yeah. not they're not teams teams aren't crazy. And no. right now the Sabres are over the barrel, and Kevin Adams of the GM of the Sabres thought that he was in control. But I mean, right now he's got to feel like he's in Kansas right now. With tw- it's a twister, it's a twister because his head's got to be spinning. <laughs> yeah, good good analogy on that one. Um, okay, and then and then the final topic of the day in the NHL was uh, back to uh, Brady Kachuk and the uh, Ottawa Senators. Oh goodness, um, and they're at a stalemate, right? I mean, they're talking about. I heard the offer was. Eight million for eight years. Uh, I don't know how Brady Kachuk doesn't jump on that, but it's a Kachuk. It's uh, an ego. It's. Uh, I mean, when you look at his numbers and yet to play in a playoff game, um, to command that kind of money and then balk at it uh, is a little confusing. But he hasn't reported to camp. If he doesn't report pretty soon, he's going to be severely uh, disadvantaged when the season starts. So, your thought on that? Well, I never like holdouts. Uh, you know, if he doesn't want to be in Ottawa, you know, get out, ask for a trade, whatever. But he obviously doesn't want to be there for eight years. <laughs> he doesn't see the future being that bright. And I think that's untrue. I think Ottawa has a lot of good young talent. Uh, you get enough number one picks, and one of them, two of them, three of them will start panning out. Uh, but you know, he's got, he's got, he comes from that long line of stubborn Kachuks. Uh, and they're tough to play against on the ice. They're tough to deal with off the ice. Uh, but he's a he's a good talent. I mean, he just I just don't like holdouts. I, I was never a big fan of holdouts. I think you put your team at a disadvantage. I think you alienate yourself from the team. It puts you away from the team when you should be bonding with your team. Uh, so I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. And uh, they're talking about if he comes back, they're going to put a C on him, and how is that going to play out? And I also heard they said, um, okay, well, when you deal with the Kachuk, you deal with all the Kachuks, including right. Keith and um, <laughs> and Matthew. So, I mean, goodness gracious, how in the world does that happen? But um, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I guess they want to be like the balls. I don't know. You deal with the ball, you have to deal with all of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get it. You get one, you get them all. Uh, <laughs> okay, and then uh, just a final thing. Just uh, I was just scanning through here, and it looked like uh, uh, Colorado uh, played uh, uh, the Minnesota Wild tonight in an exhibition, and Minnesota beat Colorado three to one. A couple interesting pieces I thought was uh, Darcy Kemper was in net. Uh, 26 saves on 29 shots. He gave up three goals and a 906 save percentage. So, um, so so. Uh, but you look at the Minnesota Wild. Uh, KK97, as they call him, Kirill Kaprizov, 
um, <laughs> goal and two assists. Uh, I think he's already earned his money. What do you think? Yeah, he's an exciting young player to watch. Uh, him and Zuccarello really developed chemistry last season. Uh, I'm excited to see them uh, play and, and hopefully, you know, not win games two to one, three to two all the time and, and could score a little bit, uh, get some breathing room and, and really do some uh, damage in that division. Yeah, I guess I totally agree with you on that one, too. So anything else that you see? I heard an interesting topic today uh, on NHL Network as well. They said uh, they were talking about uh, predictions, and they said rookie of the year. And they said, who's going to be the rookie of the year? And somebody said, um, I'm going with Bo Byram from uh, from <laughs> the uh, Colorado Avalanche. They said if he stays healthy, he's going to win the uh, the rookie of the year. Thoughts? You know, you know with all the rosters not really set, not knowing who is going to be, be a rookie, rookie. <laughs> huh? Who's I mean, going to be a rookie? <laughs> yeah, who, yeah who, who's, who's going to be in that pool? I mean, you know, the Avalanche have one of those teams that, yeah, Bo Byron could be the rookie of the year because Avalanche will be on national TV a lot. They'll be seen a lot. So they're not always going to be stuck on that West Coast uh, dilemma of, you know, the East Coast not seeing them. So, uh, you know, anytime you have that, that opportunity – you know, but I think I think that you know what happens if Trevor Zegers uh, or you know Turcotte works his way up, or even uh, Quinton Byfield. You know, how do you not look at those guys and say, uh, you know what, Bo Byron might have a little bit of run for his money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and the nice part about that is they were all at the rookie tournament, all of them. And uh, uh, I I got a chance to see some of them, and I thought it was pretty impressive the way they carried themselves um, for guys that were in fact going to be rookies. So. Okay, quickly uh, through the scores tonight on the exhibition. Not that anybody really cares, probably, but Calgary uh, leading Edmonton 3-2 at the end of the second. Anaheim 1-0 at the end of the first over San Jose. Uh, the finals, Philadelphia 2, Boston 1. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets 5-3 over the aforementioned Buffalo Sabres. Uh, the New Jersey Devils get Washington 4-1. Uh, Toronto 3-1 over Ottawa. Um, and Chicago 6-4 over Detroit. And, of course, I, I mentioned as well the Minnesota Wild get a win over Colorado. Um, tomorrow night, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights are going to be right here in Colorado, so who knows? Maybe I venture down to see if I can see a little uh, Vegas Golden Knights in, in Colorado and, and really uh, blow up my whole hockey day here in Colorado. Well, and the Kraken will be playing the Canucks tomorrow night, so uh... – is that the start of the rivalry? And that's on the NHL network, I see. So that might be interesting. Yeah, and uh, the Coyotes and Kings. Uh, yeah. There we go again. They're they're in different divisions, but they're going to keep punching each other in the face all preseason, apparently. Yeah, well, you know what? They're close enough that they don't have to, uh, you know, do how long either plane ride or even uh, bus ride if they want to do that. Uh, but you know, they're not going to see each other. I know a lot of times when the teams are used to playing each other a lot because they're in the same division and they change divisions, they still keep uh, a lot of games against each other, especially preseason type of thing, because they still want to keep the rivalry, want to keep the fan interest up. Yeah, good point. Very good point. So we will look to uh, the start of the uh, NHL season, which uh, will be on Monday. We'll, we'll go early, Rob, just to make sure we're both uh, covered. So I'll, I'll make a special announcement on that since I'll be in Henderson and you'll be uh, – in Anaheim. In Anaheim, and we'll see uh, what happens there. So we'll get started a little early next week, and 
Um, anything else that I missed that you need to throw out there? We still got a minute or two. No, not really. I mean, one of the teams that in, in the preseason that I've been most impressed with, honestly, has been the Devils. Uh, they've put some uh, goals on the board. I know they beat the Rangers one game, I think, 7 to nothing or something like that. They won 4-1 tonight. Uh, they've got a good, a, a lot of good talent, and uh, they've had a couple of key acquisitions in free agency, and uh, they could be a team to reckon with in the East. I know we yeah. don't cover the East, but... <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's interesting. We can uh, we can throw in some different things in the uh, in the NHL topic. So, I'm thrilled that AHL hockey is getting underway. Uh, to be honest with you, I just love going to AHL games because uh, there's such a good value. The seating is so good, and the talent level is so close to NHL that you just can't pass it up. So, if you have a, a AHL affiliate near your home, get out and take in a good AHL game. Um, it, that's all I can say because it's, the talent is just so good and it's gotten better and better every single year. So, all right, take it away, my friend, and we'll say good night with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Well, I'm looking forward to getting out to uh, El Segundo tomorrow and hopefully seeing the the rain practice and uh, start uh, following them a little closely. And next Monday we'll have a little bit more uh, solid update uh, right before they play uh, the Gulls. So. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Summer Skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized poozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos, whether it's the Long Bar or the Andy Amo Steakhouse, we are more than just great game in action. Book your spot at thed.com. Boost Mobile where all the plans include a mobile hotspot and America's largest 5G network for less. By Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com, where we can provide for all your hockey needs on the ice or in line. See the website for our Three Valley locations and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes you to eat your meal, there's so many delicious choices, it always seems to take you longer to decide what to eat than actually eat it. By M Drive, supplement your supplements to fuel your drive. Refuel your drive with M Drive. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download on the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Hey Alexa, turn on my ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the D Resort and Casino is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. We will say good night for, jeez, uh, oh, how long has it been? I got up at 4 in the morning today, Rob. <laughs> finally <laughs> made it to Denver. So uh, I'm looking forward to a good night's sleep. Uh, get out, see some AHL hockey, see some NHL hockey, but see some hockey. Good night, everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good night.